Hello listeners, as you can see, I am re-releasing one of my old episodes from my ever-growing amazing backlog. And today's episode I did back in April of 2022 with my buddy Landon, who hosts Autopsy Podcast. But also, he started a brand new show which is named Horror Makes You Brave. The reason I am re-releasing this episode today is because, just today, Landon has published on Horror Makes You Brave the third guest appearance I did for that show. And in today's episode of his own show, myself and him discuss a Goosebumps book, The Haunted School. But if you're not interested in Goosebumps books, you can also check out prior episodes we did for his show. The first we did on the X-Files discussing the episodes Home and Jose Chung's From Outer Space. And the second appearance was a double feature where Landon and I discussed the intricacies of Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. But if I have not convinced you enough to check out Horror Makes You Brave, maybe this episode will. Cause you are about to listen to Landon Landon and myself discuss movie making, well, in a way, but also we discuss a lot of icky, disgusting corpse stuff. Uh, if you guys didn't notice, Landon used to be an autopsy technician, so I guess sit back and relax. I'd be prepared to listen to a lot of disturbing, disgusting, dead people stuff. But the more you listen, the more you become desensitized, because... As Landon likes to say, horror makes you brave. So guys, you know, ever since I covered the Serbian Mothman for the third time with Cole, I've been thinking about the comparisons between my own culture and, you know, American culture in regards to UFOlogy and alien encounters and stuff like that. Like, we have a lot of UFO sightings, but we don't have, you know, alien abductions. We do have a triangle in... Croatia that is imprinted into a geological formation that could have been the landing site of a triangular UFO and we... I don't know what else we have. So, you know, I tried searching up on the internet like I can't find much stuff, but I did find, you know, cases of alien remains being found. Oh yes, like in a Croatian graveyard once upon a time, somebody found an alien head that's turned out to be just a tree root. But there is some other case that is much more, you know, legitimate. Oh, we had an alien autopsy conducted in the Balkans. And no, this was not in the 40s like in Roswell. This was in the 60s during the Cold War. During a time when we were in Yugoslavia, when we were communists. Why do we know of this only today? Well, because we were communists, so this stuff was never talked about and it was kept top secret. Nobody should have known about this but now we know the truth now i have found all these big news publishers from around the ex-yugoslavian states who wrote about 
an alien autopsy that was conducted in former Yugoslavia in the 60s. So I dug deeper and deeper and found out that there are photos and there is a video of this autopsy. So yeah, Americans, you're not the only ones who have an alien autopsy footage, but unlike your bullshit footage, this one is real. Now, I located more information on this case. Uh, well, it's actually the same information and on every site where I can find it. And it looks like it was provided to these websites by the person who was the whistleblower over this whole case. What I'm going to read now is from UFO Casebook. You know, guys, you remember from the 90s, it was your most favorite website. Well, if it covers this case, then it is certainly, you know, verified. Though below there's this editor's note that says the UFO Casebook has not been able to verify nor debunk this story. There is at this time no other information available except what even Kramer has sent me and it looks like some guy even Kramer has provided the story to these UFO websites. The story and photographs are posted here for public view in the interest of curiosity until at some point more info comes which will prove one way or the other. So guys I am going to read the story verbatim and I don't think I am plagiarizing because every website that has this story has the exact same text. So let's see what the story behind this alleged alien autopsy footage is. So the story starts like this. In November 1966, in the country close to a small village called Otocek of the former Yugoslavian Federation, a flying object crashed and an extraterrestrial being was extracted. Now for some context, this village is in what is now Slovenia, but Slovenia was back in the 60s a part of, you know, Yugoslavia. Moving on. The event was soon put under silence, pretending the crash was the result of an... Pretending the crash was the result of an... <sighs> Why? Highly secret military test. Why do they... <sighs> Why do they put N? In front of Hailey. Which starts with an H. Anyway, the body partially burned was said to be the one of a pilot of the Air Force. They said it was deformed by flames and heat. The darkness of the night helped the military authorities to pass this thesis as believable. The extraterrestrial being was immediately taken to Belgrade. That's the capital of Serbia. With an ambulance of the army and in the capital, it was assigned to a military hospital. In a few hours, some of the most important scientists of Yugoslavia started to examine the corpse. Among these scientists, three were the doctors that led the autopsy, the surgeon named Andrei Zobol, and the two pathologists, Nikola Yulich and Zoran Frederic. The three were employees of the government, as was everybody in former Yugoslavia, because we were communists. Ah. Anyway, the photographs I have sent you show some of the most significant moments of the autopsy. And yeah, there is a collection of photos on this site, so I'm gonna link it below in the episode description. They're very graphic and creepy. So, you know, trigger warning, don't click on the link if you don't want to see a burnt-up alien corpse. In 1999, the pictures were passed secretly to the author by the nephew of one of the doctors. A friend of a friend of mine. That is living now in Slovenia, very close to the Italian border. In 1966, neither the USA nor the 
USSR knew of this event thanks to the fact that Yugoslavia was a specialist country, but it was not aligned and it was neutral, far from the frictions of the Cold War. And it says Ivan Kramer, the guy who sent this, and... Copyright all rights reserved 2005. So essentially, a UFO crashed into a Slovenian village, then the Yugoslav government covered it up and said it was a burnt-up corpse from a pilot from the Air Force, and they sent this alien corpse to Belgrade to be examined, and these photographs were then leaked in 1999 to somebody in Slovenia, and apparently nobody knew about this until 1999, because Yugoslavia was so good at keeping secrets, you know, like how shitty things were for us normal civilians. Well, not really, like a lot of older people here really liked the communist days. We were not really communists, we were mostly, you know, socialists, though we... We're not allowed to, you know, practice religion, and everybody had a picture of Tito, our communist leader, dictator thingy, in their house, and nobody was allowed to say a word against him, or they were sent to Goliotok, which was, you know, a prison. Ugh, never mind. Now, guys, I have seen a lot of articles from, you know, sources from my countries. Because we, you know, we were all one country and then we split into many countries. It's complicated. But anyway, it is all in languages that I understand. And they all seem to just copy and paste the same story from this, you know, English source. They don't provide any, you know, original information in our own language. So, uh. And all these articles seem to have been written in 2005, yet these photos were leaked in 1999. Uh, okay. But let's go on to the photos, like, there's a photo of some doctor guy looking at a corpse, there's a photo of a corpse, and then there's more photos of the corpse and people around the corpse, and they're opening its head and doing something to it. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. But no worries, I have a friend, though he is an American, but this friend is a semi-professional. This friend is a web sleuth. A true crime podcaster. So surely he knows how to decipher this thing. But also, this same friend used to conduct alien autopsies. Okay, mostly of Americans, but who knows? Maybe some of these people were starseeds, so you know. They have a right to be whatever they want. Yeah, guys, I'm doing this totally unscripted, so my jokes are, you know, falling flat. They're not planned. And the next scene that you will listen to for the majority of the rest of the episode is also not scripted and also not planned. Like, I called Landon. I wanted him to tell me what's up with this autopsy footage. And we spent like 40 minutes just chatting about cool stuff that ended up being much cooler than this thing. But before we go into that, let's listen to a brief advertisement. From another alien, though a less burnt-up, charred, more alive one. Greetings, starseeds. It is I, the all-knowing alien, channeling this message for you. Our oracle deck lands. Kickstarter. 5-1-2022. Join us today at Celestial Alien Oracle Instagram.
Okay, so Landon, I'm sorry that I woke you up, but I can't really wrap my head around this video, these photos. I really need the opinion of a semi-professional <laughs> such as yourself. I see you're not very amused, huh? Semi is the key word. I mean, aren't you a web sleuth? Aren't you a true crime podcaster? Web sleuths suck, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst kind of people. Well, I'm trying to sleuth a case that I'm presenting to you now. So just open that <laughs> YouTube video and... You may just start watching it. Mm, just tell me what you think about all that. I mean, you can see the charred up body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is a body, you know? <laughs> I suppose. So what you're seeing now, is that something you'd do in your practice usually? I'm trying to see what the hell they're actually doing. <laughs> I mean, those are doctors. They they know what they're doing, man. Did they cut the eyes open? I guess so. You can see in the pictures as well, they tried to, you know, remove the brain from the head. Awful human looking teeth. <laughs> yeah, and usually alien autopsy videos have aliens without teeth. Oh. But you know, this is the real thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like that American crap that you have that's fake from the 90s. I mean, it is reminiscent of when they're doing the Y incision. It's reminiscent of uh, doing that on like burn victims. Yeah, actually, this uh, alien was totally charred up after the UFO crash. You know, usually when people, well, he's not charred. It's more leathery. You can get really charred bodies. usually, And usually when they're charred, charred, the limbs are usually gone. Well, at least it's leathery and not rubbery. <laughs> I mean, presumably leathery. It's, the footage isn't super clear. <laughs> or it's old footage, I should say. So what do you say that footage was filmed in the 60s? Uh, Did you end the video? Yeah, I'm going back and looking through it now. Just kind of scrubbing through. Dude, I thought you would, you know, be debunking this at the start. <laughs> but it, it's, it's just hard to see much of anything beyond just... Because, again, the image isn't super clear. You can't really see exactly what they're doing. Like, Man, you ruined a good skit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I really didn't expect that this would fool you. Obviously, you haven't looked at a real body in a while. <laughs> well, it never I'll occurred to, to me that, that this out. was real to begin with. <laughs> well, I'm more just looking at their technique. Uh-huh. Do they have the technique right? Sorta, hmm. but what what I went back to why I'm scrubbing through it is because you asked what I thought about did the footage look like it came from the '60s, and the more I look at it, the more it really doesn't. Mm -hmm. Just it looks I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like the image isn't the image is blurry or it's not super crisp, but it's also like if this was in the '60s, I would expect it to be worse. Mm -hmm. You'd expect it to have more static as well. Yeah, it, it's like it was enhanced to be blurry. Yeah. Now, the body, like, obviously, at the very start of the video segment, you see the face of the body. Yeah. Does that really look like, you know, the face of a dead person? Uh, I mean, a burned person, sort of. Oh. I mean, it doesn't look, I mean, it doesn't look alien, if that's what they're going for. The story is that they recovered a burned up alien and then just masqueraded it as a burned up pilot from a plane crash. Because usually whenever you get like burned up, especially like the face, again, it doesn't look alien, but it looks almost consistent if you've had a burn victim and they were burned in the face. Uh, the head proportions, are they like normal compared to the body? No. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I'd say that points towards this being some kind of alien. <laughs> But it's very interesting because the Ray Santilli video, I don't know how, if you've ever seen it, the famous one from the 90s that is supposedly now, from Roswell. If you go through, go to like the the 
two minute mark on this video. Okay. Yeah. So the way they're like they're having it's having like a tough time reflecting back that why stuff. Mm-hmm. That is actually some that is how it would be on a burn victim. Like because the, wow. the skin becomes very taut and like hard to sort of grasp and it's sort of I mean it looks like whatever I mean they're trying to get the realism right. Yeah. Um, I see they're having, you know, trouble with the scalpel. Well, they're having trouble, like, just because the, everything com- becomes really tight and, like, there's not a lot of give. So if they were to, like, release their fingers, it would all sort of snap back. So they're having to, like, clench it and get the blade underneath there and go little by little. Is that what would usually happen with burn victims? Uh, Yeah. Oh, man. So, but again, he's not, this whatever is not charred. It's, but it is, like, it, it's it's so hard to tell with the coloring. Mm-hmm. And the image quality, but they got the techniques right. Yeah, I would. Yeah, they got the technique right. Well, hang on, I'm looking at sort of the head. See, it ends right when they go to the head. Yeah, I'm looking at it. The way they're reflecting the scalp is pretty accurate. Is it normal for them to use a hammer to open the scalp? Yeah, back then it would have. Because I don't know. Yeah, if they, I don't know if they had the autopsy saws back then. Well, th- this was supposedly done in Belgrade, in Serbia. Mm. So you know, I I live here and I know how uh, poor we are and. <laughs> I could see them using a hammer. You don't really need a hammer if you have a saw, but back then they might, we might not have even had saws back then. I don't honestly know, but how they used to do it before they had uh, like an electric saw was to use like a hacksaw. Wouldn't that damage the brain? It could, but that's when you would need the hammer because you could do so much with the hacksaw, but once you start getting too close, you don't want to like... So you would saw up until the inner layer of the bone, let's say, and then you would chisel the rest. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, I mean, it's hard to know how thick the skull would even be, so you would just sort of have to go a little at a time, or just use the saw to like slowly like trace a etch around the whole the entire cut area. Yeah, and then you would use a hammer and what's called a or what we just called a T bar, and the T bar can wedge in there, and you sort of use the hammer to sort of like tap it in and go bit by bit. That would be, I mean, I, I can't see a T bar in anything they're doing. You, all you really see is them use a hammer. But again, when they're reflecting the scalp, that's I mean, they at least took the time to get some of this stuff right but and and you know the more you sort of look at how the skin or whatever it is it does look more rubbery on the scalp yeah but would that be like normal for a burn victim no okay because the rest of the skin the skin on the outside would be very taut and leathery mm-hmm. um it wouldn't have a lot of give but when you look at the when you see him reflect the scalp like that there's a lot more it looks very pliable and bendy and you wouldn't see that it's rare you even well yeah it's rare you would see that on any burn victim or charred victim yeah i'd imagine the skin would be more tough and easier to break in yeah. a way i mean on a chuck an actual charred victim there probably there wouldn't be skin like yeah. that i mean I, I can only go off of roasted pigs i'm serbian so we see that a lot <laughs> you know what's funny is like any if you ever if you're ever in a morgue when they have a burn victim and like truly like burn burn like even charred it mm-hmm. literally smells like barbecue it smells uh, like any barbecue you would go to like a barbecue joint and eat. did you ever did you ever get hungry yeah you would oh man <laughs> But well, for and because it's twofold, because autopsies, especially in the beginning, when you're in the first year, when you're really getting used to it, like autopsies are kind of a workout. You'd be working up a sweat, and it wouldn't matter what you work with. But by the time lunch came around, you'd be you'd be starving. And then if you had like a burn victim in there on top of that, and you smell what smells like barbecue, you're just like, all right, we got to go get something to eat somewhere. <laughs> Man, 
th- this totally like deviated my plans. I was expecting you to go like at the very start. What is this bullshit? But now I'm, you know, intrigued. Like, mm, it, they, they really did a good job. Well, I mean, you know, my knee jerk is that this isn't real, but I'm still looking at it to go like, let's see what they, how far they were willing to take it to make it appear. Yeah. Real. Like, did they do their research? Yeah, like again, this how they're reflecting the scout back. That's accurate. It's it, but it's not accurate if it's a burn victim. Yeah, but the way yeah. they're doing it is still accurate. How you would do it on a regular person. Okay, I, I need to spill the beans then, and I don't know if I'll keep this in the episode or not. So okay, this video along with the pictures appeared in the early two thousands, but it's claimed that they were obtained in nineteen ninety nine. It is claimed that this is from the sixties when a UFO crashed in Slovenia, and then the body was transferred transported to Belgrade to be, you know, an autopsy to be conducted by Yugoslavia. The actual story of this is that the video and the photos were made by a filmmaker, huge fan of horror films, something that you could resonate with. Mm. who is Italian. He is a big fan of Italian horror cinema, like from the 70s and 80s. So he knows a lot about those techniques that they employed back then. Mm -hmm. Now, he was also a member. I don't know if he was a member back then. Like, I'm going to do the whole facts and interview with him stuff after this clip. Well, I'm curious what camera he used because or if this was filmed in like the early 2000 or not 99, 2000, something like that, you couldn't really, I don't think you could actually put any kind of filter on it to make it look the way he's trying to make it look. I'm wondering if he actually used an older camera. Hmm. Like I have a whole interview with him. I need to sift through and that's going to be the next segment of this episode. Now, like I haven't read it in in its entirety, so I don't know the full story, but there was some kind of, how how do you call it? Uh, Some kind of competition uh, made by a group called PSYCAP or maybe PSYCOP or CSICOP. I don't know. There are millions of these, you know, skeptical groups with similar names. It's essentially a group for skeptical inquiry. And they Mm -hmm. put out a competition for somebody to recreate footage of paranormal phenomena to see, to do a social experiment, how easy it is to fool the public. So this guy made a whole, you know, alien autopsy video inspired by the Ray Santilli one from the 90s, which was popular in America. How long is the actual footage he he shot? I don't know because it was on YouTube before the whole video and it was taken down since Mm -hmm. then. But he, he filmed this footage and took photos and they made a fake story with all the details and all the names. But the names are essentially this guy's name. He was named Andre Zoboli. But in the story, his name is Andre Zoboli to sound more Serbian and he is stated to be you know one of the coroners <laughs> mm. alongside his friends who made the video so they made this fake story and put it up on the internet I think they sent it out to these shitty UFO sites from the 90s and they just plastered it all over I found one of the sites well I would ask you like what uh if you had to theorize mm-hmm. what kind of innards an alien would have would you expect them to be humanoid would you expect them to have a heart and lungs the way humans do because that was something i was looking at here the way like when they started taking stuff out i'm like if they're alien you're kind of going out of your way to make it look sort of more human of what they've got inside yeah like even the teeth yeah teeth is one thing but like the way that it looks like they sort of cut out what looks like a lung you're like well that's the area that a lung would be in but you don't know what the hell these people are made out of (laughs) 
I don't know, like in ufology circles, the humanoid is essentially the term they use to refer to aliens. And for some reason, people, you know, only accept alien encounters involving humanoids. But we're talking about aliens, like maybe they're fucking jellyfish floating out in, in space or something. Yeah, I mean, that that was sort of what I was getting at is they're making this look, you know, for an alien, they're making this look very human. Yeah. Which is when you're a kid, I guess, trying to process when they're trying to get across alien to like a kid, that's what you would do. But like the older you get, the more you just sit there and go like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, why not make it just completely? Did you see the movie Arrival? No, I did see Contact. It's similar. I didn't. I need to rewatch Contact. I, I think I saw bits and pieces when I was a kid. I, I bet it aged pretty well. You would like Arrival because the aliens in that movie are just like, well, that's interesting looking like you don't you don't see mm-hmm. aliens like that in any modern movie. Yeah. Like who's to say? evolution took the same course on another planet now there is a thing in biology called convergent evolution if two life forms that are not closely related live in similar ecosystems use the same resources stuff like that then they will have the same body shape like say a shark and a dolphin a shark is a cartilaginous fish a dolphin is a mammal but you know they they both live the same lifestyle both uh, live in the same habitat so they have the same body form You've already talked to this guy, you said? No, no. uh, This is an interview that was conducted by somebody else. Oh. And then just put up on a forum. Oh, okay. Strangely, I know I should be... looking into the autopsy type stuff but i'm just more interested in like what the what he used for the camera yeah i mean if he's an amateur filmmaker then he knows his stuff well i mean would an amateur filmmaker go this far into getting a lot of the like technique right in the autopsy well this was an official competition by an official skeptical society Mm -hmm. so they you know take their shit seriously when trying to fool believers (laughs) do you know who james randy was no Oh, yeah, yeah. James the Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He was a magician, but he was like one of the founders of one of these skeptic societies. And he made it his life's work to essentially, through magic, uh, through his lifelong career of deception, uh, try and prove how paranormal phenomena, you know, is not real. Did you, uh, they made a documentary on him a few years ago. I didn't watch it. I know he died recently. Did he die? Yeah. Did he? Yes. And you know, even Penn and Teller do that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, South Park even uh, referenced him when they did the episode about... uh, David Blaine. Huh? Is it David Blaine? No, they did the episode about uh, John, what's his name? The guy that used to have the sci-fi show where he could talk to the dead and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. The biggest douche in the galaxy. He's a douchebag, yeah. Yeah. The whole episode, they did that episode because there were people that they actually worked with that thought it was real. So they, I think they looked up kind of... uh, Because the technique that that, whatever his name is, John, whatever. Yeah, it's cold reading. Cold reading. They looked up, like, I think James Randi had done debunking on cold reading type stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if it was him specifically, but they applied it to him. And that's why they made him look like such an asshole. James Randi was notorious for essentially ruining careers of uh, supposed psychics and mediums. <laughs> yeah, he did it to the one televangelist that was hilarious. They go over it in the documentary. If this guy, this Andres Zopoli, actually won this competition with this video, who knows how many fake videos people sent in and this one won he won this competition uh years before they actually made a story of this 
So they mm-hmm. made this fake story sent it to mm-hmm. UFO sites. It blew up, not really, but it blew up mostly in my country because there are people in my country who search up, you know, these mm-hmm. American UFO sites and then translate into my language. And then newspapers all over my country started reporting that in former Yugoslavia during the Tito days, Tito was our communist leader, that there was an alien autopsy that was, you know, hidden from the public. And now we have that information. <laughs> I could see maybe, again, I'm just looking over the footage. I could see maybe this was filmed on like a, a 90s consumer grade like video camera. And if he made it in the early 2000s, again, he would I don't think he'd have access to like super great effects, but he could probably add because it looks like what makes me say that is the image looks the image is very soft. Yeah, but it's also the contrast of the shadows like you don't see the details. You don't see what's going on. Well, it's almost like he, it, one thing that he, pro- you probably could do back then is just add like a overlay of like sepia tone or something. Cause yeah. this all, it just, this looks sepia tone. Yeah. Yeah. And if you had like a cheap nineties camera and you just applied that, then you would probably get the image look a lot like this. Yeah. But like now I'm intrigued because you're saying essentially that they got the techniques right. And yeah, the way they're reflecting the scalp. Yeah. That's how you would do that. I'm now interested if, if they got like a real corner or somebody to actually do this fake video to portray the corner on the video. They would have had to have consulted with somebody. Yeah. Like, I'd be curious to actually look at the entire footage just more out of like how much time did they t- take to get this, some of this stuff right? Because if anybody that watches this, if they're just watching this YouTube video, mm-hmm. it just keeps jump cutting. Yeah, this is the only remnant we have of the original video, ah. unfortunately. Now, <laughs> I am intrigued like to eventually do something with you, like a review of the actual alien autopsy footage from <laughs> Ray Santilli. It would be hilarious. Like There are scenes <laughs> there that make no sense. Like they open up the the torso and you don't know what's going on there. It looks like just jumbled up socks. Yeah. And probably another thing that helps with this video is there's, it looks like there's like four people in this room and they've all got their arms going in various things. So you can't always tell exactly what they're trying to do. And that almost feels intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Where like, if it was a real autopsy, you would literally have one person doing all of this and it would be easier to see what they're doing because it's one person. You can follow what they're doing with their hands. So yeah, it's almost like a, almost like a slide of hand type thing. Well, thank you for now changing the whole course of my episode. (laughs) Damn you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they took their time to get a lot of this stuff, right? It doesn't mean it looks real or it doesn't mean the body necessarily looks real, but it, someone put care into it. (laughs) Yeah. Like when the video starts and I see the face and I see the eyelids don't have eyes in them. I'm like, this looks like a rubber toy. But as you're saying, like if it's a burn victim, that's how it would look like like very rigid yeah like kind of it's like especially the, the mouth especially and again you can't see it too clearly except for maybe one or two shots but like the mouth on like a burn victim it gets really tight around it and so essentially if you are trying to hoax an autopsy of an alien let's say and you're using you know a rubber mannequin or something mm-hmm. the best course of action would be to say oh this is a burn victim because it is closer to what is being seen on the video If you're trying to hoax, you mean like make a fake video? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's easier to sign off the stiffness and rubberiness of the body as as like, oh, it's a burn victim. Yeah. Then it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Like, uh, that's probably why they they chose that to be an element. Yeah. And it fooled a lot of people. It fooled a lot of people in my country. Like, I have found articles from big news sites over here that covered this as if mm-hmm. it's real. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. But then again, I found another article like an alien found in the potted plants of some other lady and there's a photo and it's just a rubber toy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could honestly probably fool a lot of people with this today, I'm sure. Just how the, the news is, especially over here. Like if I was to sit here with some asshole and he asked me what I thought about it, if I was just like the way I'm doing now, just sort of like literally just trying to watch it start to finish and be like, yeah, this blah, blah, blah. I, I could see some asshole running with that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, he said it was real. I was like, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said <laughs> that they took time and care to make it look accurate. <laughs> Yeah, I, I expected you to be like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Uh, but, you know, at least now the scenes before and after this, I don't have to make them, you know, pretty elaborate because most of the contents will be our discussion right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I'm also a rogue content creator, just like this Andre guy. Yeah, like I'm look again, I'm, I just as we're talking, I just keep going back like like when it looks like he takes out an or like a lung again, based on the soft out of focusness, it looks lung like but the organ that they pull out, it looks very, very soft. Would that be the case with a burn victim? Yeah, that's the thing. So when you do an autopsy on a burn victim, even if they're charred, as long as they didn't have like a penetrating injury mm-hmm. where fire or heat could get into the body, they can be charred and burned and leathery on the outside. But whenever you open up and look inside, usually all the organs, it's just a normal autopsy. But wouldn't, you know, like heat going in through the mouth and nose kind of cook the internal organs? No, not really. I mean, they'd be a little bit more cherry looking. You'd have soot and stuff in the airway to be sure, but it everything always just looks kind of maybe everything gets a little bit more compacted kind of like when you when you do apply heat to some like to like food yeah when you're cooking bacon basically yeah <laughs> or shrimp or something the way it sort of like tightens up um you sort of get that but it, they the organs don't really harden or anything most of the time they're they still remain like pretty soft their normal pliability you know i i love how we're talking about food and it goes along with this theme of an autopsy of a burn victim, as you say, like you can get pretty hungry just from the smell. Yeah. And not just the smell, just from busting your ass doing this stuff. Because again, like some mornings you would do two, three full autopsies before lunch and like you'd work up a sweat doing that. By the time lunch comes around, you're just like, we've I'm thirsty and we have to go get something to eat now. You know how most cases, historical cases of cannibalism occurred like somewhere where it's very cold, like let's say uh, Mount Everest and stuff like that. Mm. Now imagine how many more cases would occur, let's say in wildfires. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know much about cannibalism. I was going to say like, don't they, people that do this usually cook, they don't typically eat it raw, do they? Well, I mean, if you're stranded on Mount Everest in a cave somewhere, I don't know. Well, you could start a fire (laughs) in a a cave. Yeah, I'd be hesitant to eat anything raw. (laughs) Do you want all this? Like, do I need to cut any of this out? (laughs) I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the, like the way it looks like they're cutting out again. What it looks like they're doing a lung is what you see them remove. That looks kind of what pliability, how it sort of hangs like that. I mean, it looks like it could be a lung. But isn't isn't the lung like very stiff? It's mostly cartilage. It's not stiff because hmm. it's got lobes. So it's like you pick one side of it, it's, it'll sort of flop down. Yeah, I guess you know that's right. It's it's just like with livers. Unless it's a, you know, diseased liver, they become very stiff. Livers are just a more, they're more dense altogether. I guess that's what I should say about lungs aren't typically dense. 
because you use your lungs to breathe in air. So there has to be room for that. Yeah. But a liver is very dense. So it wouldn't flop around as much as your lungs. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking like the organ that they get out of this body in the video. It, the most obvious thing would be that they use a liver because it's the thing they use in all horror films for everything. Where the heck would you get a lung? Because that's, you know, even when they bur- butcher an animal, it's just thrown away. But livers are sold commercially. It depends if you know the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Over here, people eat um, lungs. They call that the white liver. Well, I've heard, like, I had a friend who was a butcher once, and he talked about when they would butcher a pig or something, he was like, nothing ever went to waste on it. Like, people would come and, like, they'd buy, they'd want the eyes, they'd want the brain, they'd, like, nothing went to waste on these things. I once saw an episode of Fear Factor, you know, that they always eat bugs and stuff like that. But in this episode, like, they had to do some kind of roulette and then get the number or something of a certain parts of a cow let's say and there was the tongue the liver the kidney the brain and stuff like that and i'm like that's stuff that we eat here all the time (laughs) if a european was there as a contender it would be pretty you know easy to win that challenge yeah we eat the brain it's gross Uh, the brain is actually a delicacy and it is very expensive in restaurants here Ew. But the, but the brain is the part with the most cholesterol. It's very fatty. <laughs> well, it's it's nothing really but fat and gelatin like anyway. There's no muscle to it. Yeah, yeah. I could see you using brain like butter or something. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, you guys eat uh, deep fried butter. You'd know that as a Georgian. I've never eaten deep fried butter. I mean, you you se- you sell that at country fairs. <laughs> oh, we sell insane shit at country fairs. Yeah, I think you have like Coca Cola that is deep fried, but it's just dough with Coke. Yeah, we had like a steak Sunday, which was like fries, cut up steak, and cheese, and all this. And fair food is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And it, and you can only, like, you would never want to eat it outside of a fair. It doesn't need to exist outside of a fair. It needs to be something you go once a year and you're like, I have to try this. That's delicious. I can never eat it again because I'll die. I'm now thinking if this guy, this Andre Zaboli guy, filmed this, like, in Italy or, let's say, even in my place, part of the world, this filming would be like a buffet table. <laughs> they have all these internal organs that are delicacies here. Again, if you go back to the part when they start cutting, like, before they reflect the scalp whenever they start making the cut around the scalp like from kind of the ear area and start going up yeah that's what you do that is how that works so it's like they clearly they consulted with somebody hmm. sneaky bastard again i appreciate all that i was like hey, if you're gonna try and fake something then that's how you would do it yeah do you have any like experience or heard any stories from your workplace that people actually uh, you told me that uh, more and more hollywood filmmakers are going to georgia to film scenes like walking dead and stuff like that because it's cheap well we have a georgia gives a uh, tax breaks yeah now. tax breaks yeah so did any of the you know pathologists you worked with ever consult with filmmakers yeah oh man i, th- I didn't tell you this No. And like listeners, I'm keeping all this in because this is becoming a very interesting episode, much more interesting than the stupid alien autopsy. No, one of my friends, he still works at GBI. So if people know the Netflix TV show Ozark, Uh the guy I worked with who had the same job I had, he was the uh, forensic consultant on, he's been the forensic consultant on every season of Ozark. He, uh, like Jason Bateman, who produces stars and directs it, like always calls and asks him for stuff. He's like, hey, does this look real? Like he always invites him to set and says, 
says, hey, does this look right? What would you do here? That kind of stuff. And I was on The Outsider. (laughs) Really? There's no way I didn't tell you this. No. So HBO had a show. It came out, I think, 2020. It was one. It was a limited series called The Outsider based on the Stephen King book. Uh Jason Bateman directed the first. It was his production, the same production company he used for Ozark. He used for The Outsider. So he produced it. He directed the first two episodes and he starred in it. Uh, He wasn't the main star. He was just one of the without getting into much of the plot. But he's in the show in a prominent role. This was after I'd left GBI that they were filming this. This was early 2019. I wound up on set. You'll find this hilarious because I find it hilarious. In the book, the Stephen King book, I think the setting of the book is... Is it Maine? <laughs> n- no, which is strange. It's uh, it's more Midwest. It's more, I don't know if it's Kentucky or Oklahoma or something like that. It's still a small town because it's Stephen King. But for the TV show, they moved the setting to Georgia. So the investigating agency in the show is the GBI. Yeah. So the, there's a couple of shots of me in the show, and I'm wearing a shirt that has GBI written on it. And this was after I'd left GBI. <laughs> so endlessly amusing. Yep. Yeah. Irony. But yeah, there's a in the first episode. There's a pretty prominent shot that you clearly see me because it pu- the camera pushes past kind of my face to get to what it's actually like focusing on in the distance. But like, don't they need written consents from extras and you know people who are there in the background? Well, you apply to be a uh, an extra. Oh, so this you were intentionally there. It's not yeah. that they just stumbled upon you. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was there. I didn't know GBI was part of it um, until I showed so, up. Did you <laughs> did you intentionally wear the shirt then? No, no. That was the costume for the extras because we I was part of the oh. crime. I was in the crime scene. <laughs> and did they know that you worked for GBI beforehand? Uh, I told them I had experience in it mm-hmm. and because they were looking for anyone that had experience in like crime scene type stuff. And I just said, yeah, I had experience, but they had no idea who I was oh, or what man. happened. Um, but then I showed up because I told you it's the same production company that did Ozark that did that show. So my friend was the forensic consultant on the outsider. So he and I just hung out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's why I wound up in a few prominent shots in the background where you can see me clear as day because they'd be filming shots and my friend would, he would pull me out of everybody else and say, Hey, go stand over here <laughs> because he knew where the camera was going to be. Man. Yeah. Like I, I didn't even plan any of this, um, to, to, <laughs> to go with this, like, The recording is like over 45 minutes, man. I thought this would be like a 10 minute episode, but fuck it. (laughs) This is so entertaining. Yeah. So I was in The Outsider, my friend. I think they just started releasing the last season of Ozark. He's helped on every single one of them. He knows Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman directed me in a couple of scenes in The Outsider. I just find it so ironic and fascinating. You went there to be an extra and they gave you a GBI shirt. Yeah. Well, I applied to be an extra without, they don't tell you what the project is until you actually yeah. have to go, you have to go get a uh, fitted. So they were like, so Here, you, try didn't on even know. <laughs> you didn't even know that would be the case. Well, when I showed up for the fitting, they showed me what I was going to be wearing and it had GBI on it. And I just started cracking up. <laughs> um, I couldn't tell them why I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. Oh man. Also, wh- whoever is listening now doesn't know what, why we find that so funny and it no, doesn't they, matter. <laughs> no, um, I'm sure they could easily figure it out, but yeah. 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 But he, like my friend, he did forensic consulting on, Oh, he knows the, you know, the director, uh, Denis Villeneuve. He did, he did the new Dune that just came out. He did. Okay. 
He did Arrival. He also did the Blade Runner sequel that came out a few years ago. And he did, oh my God, I got to look it up. Give me just a sec. <laughs> is it another hit sci-fi movie that he remades? No, it is a like a drug cartel movie that he made that my friend consulted with him on. Oh, like... Sicario or Sicario. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, did we mutilate this corpse properly? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he worked with Denis Villeneuve on that. Actually, what he worked on, do you remember the movie that came out, Prisoners, with Jake Gyllenhaal? I am aware of it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. <laughs> but uh, they filmed that in Georgia. So my friend was on set with Gyllenhaal, Villeneuve, and Hugh Jackman. And that's how he got to know Villeneuve. And then Villeneuve called him because they filmed Sicario somewhere else. I don't think they filmed that in Georgia. Yeah. But he called him to ask him questions about scenes they were setting up for Sicario. Man, so it's so fitting that we went into this whole tangent about filmmaking because <laughs> this hoax was perpetrated via filmmaking essentially yeah but also and someone who took the time to actually ask a question of how you would what some of this stuff would look like yes and like now that you're saying your buddy consulted on a film about the drug cartel Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like these people who make movies about, you know, cartel stuff. Did they go and watch those cartel videos? And you know, the ones I'm talking about, like, did you see the two guys getting their heads chopped off with a chainsaw? No. Okay. Then you're not as fucked up as me. <laughs> That's fun. Like I never really watched that kind of stuff. Well, I didn't watch it intentionally as did most people. Now there were it. things at work that sometimes we'd have to review, review footage. And some of that stuff was fucked up. Oh, man. So there's a lot of footage like that. It just never leaks to the public. Um, It shouldn't. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that set himself on fire. They got a call and the guy was basically just saying, I'm at this location. I'm going to kill myself, whatever. I don't even I don't know if he told them what he was planning to do. But what you we have is the uh, the dash cam footage from the cop mm-hmm. and he drives up to the scene. The way the dash cam footage framed the shot, it was almost perfect. Um, He just wasn't quite that where the guy was. He was a good at least 50, 70 yards away. So he's in the distance. He wasn't it it wasn't close up or anything. The cop pulls in, jumps out of the car and he just starts running to the guy. He's like, he's trying to talk him down. He's like, don't do it, blah, blah, blah. You just see the guy talking. You don't see him pour gas on himself or anything, but evidently that's what he had done in the distance. All of a sudden you just see a fireball just woof. Wow. And you're like, oh, and he had lit himself on fire. And the uh And you'd imagine if he was soaked in gasoline like for a prolonged period of time, it would have kind of evaporated. Who, yeah, I mean who'd say like who'd guess that a huge fireball would come out of that? Uh, well, his clothes would still be wet from it. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, the footage was again, you don't see a whole lot because it's so far in the distance, but the audio to it kind of gets to you. Oh man. To it. Yeah, yeah, I heard a lot of uh that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. not even going to make jokes, especially we're we're talking about do I need to do a trigger warning now? Well, I mean, that's I wasn't going to joke about in so yeah, much yeah, as yeah, seeing yeah. the fireball cuz you're just like, "Oh shit, it just hit." It's you're like, yeah, "Good it's lord." Like, it's like totally messing with your perception of reality. Yeah. But then when you start hearing the guy scream, you're like, well, it's not funny now. Yes. Yes. Unless you frame it like this guy was so hell bent on killing himself. He picked one of the most painful ways you could possibly do that. Few people decide to light themselves on fire. Yeah. Unless you're a Vietnamese monk. Okay. <laughs> I had to slip that joke in. What is that joke? You don't know about the Vietnamese monk and you're a fan of Rage Against the Machine. I mean, I like some of their stuff. I don't follow. Well, they have that monk on one of their albums. The guy was protesting the Vietnam War and set himself on fire and was just, you know, sitting and chilling while on fire. (laughs) How'd it work out for him? So to end this conversation, like, 
it's so ironic now that we went into that topic. Uh, I don't know if anybody's still listening. Wow. Um, but like, isn't it so ironic that we have to go out of our way to create these hoaxes of aliens and stuff like that when reality is, you know, much more terrifying and much more mysterious than, than this crap? Uh, I suppose. <laughs> okay, let's leave it at that. <laughs> Okay, guys, so now the hard facts surrounding this case. And this case was cracked on a UFOlogy and Paranormal forum that is French. But the forum post is in English, though very broken English, because it seems to have been written by uh, somebody from Croatia. And as I said, like in my previous episode, Croatians love their UFOlogy. So it does not surprise me that a Croatian went on to investigate this case and actually cracked it and posted it on this forum. So the forum post is titled Alien Autopsy in ex-Yugoslavia was fake interview 1966 though the interview was possibly you know only a few years ago and it was made by user HAPP Croatia so it opens with case closed doctors who are mentioned in the story are fictitious and no one could find them in the phone book I don't know if we had phone books in the 60s in Yugoslavia. Possibly we did. I'd have to ask somebody, my grandparents. Not even those who had access to military directories. We don't have, you know, very good military directories, unlike Western countries, but okay. Their names are variations of Italian family names from the author, made to sound like they're from Yugoslavia. And the author of the story and the conductor of the hoax is 42-year-old Andrea Zoboli, who is a member of the skeptical group PSYCAP but spelled with C-I-C-A-P because it's an Italian group it is not I guess it's not associated with the CSI cop and the other groups from America so the interviewer's name was Giuliano Marinkovic so I'm guessing this is a Croatian investigator who has ties to you know Italy and he asked Andrea if he had ever worked in the film industry or had experience with special effects Andrea said yes, and when he was 18 years old, he had the chance to visit the filming of the Italian horror film Demoni 2, or Demons 2. He was contacted by the man who was doing the special effects. His name was Sergio Stivalencia, who told him to come to Rome. So he spent several days at the filming of Demons 2 and had the chance to see the film production and, you know, how they do the special effects. But he did not continue on in that direction himself. So the interviewer asked when he had the first uh, idea to create an artificial alien and at the time was he aware of the alien autopsy movie from Ray Santilli that was made popular in America. So Andrea said yes in 1999 PSYCAP created a competition in which they sought a reconstruction of paranormal phenomena. So he tried with an alien autopsy because he was initially inspired to do a kind of rigged attempt at photos of spirits and similar you know ghostly phenomena. But when he saw the alien autopsy footage from Ray Santilli, it was clear to him that the film was faked and possibly like how the heck did this become popular. So he states that the two most suspected factors of why he saw that the footage was faked was that you cannot see the pathologist's face and that the body of the alien in the Ray Santilli video was too rigid and stiff. So the interviewer asked, what were the techniques in creating this fake autopsy, how many people were involved, and how long this all lasted? Andrea said that the techniques were limited by the special effects uh, of 
you know, the time they could not use computers or CGI. So they talked about using latex and a molds. He made an alien corpse uh, during the course of one month. He created each section of the corpse out of clay, you know, the head, arms, and torso. Then he put this into plaster to create a mold and filled the molds with latex. The shell was made of polyurethane, and he filled this fake body with the innards of animals. Which is why Landon said it looks like, you know, lungs, because it was probably lungs of a cow or something. He said, you can imagine what the smell was like, but it was worth it. The whole project cost about 200 euros in today's values. That is like almost 200 American dollars just to film a fake alien autopsy in the late 90s. He said also his wife, son-in-law, sister, and nephew helped with creating the film. And they recorded this during the course of a single day at his friend's studio. Just as I have recorded and edited and completed this whole episode within just one day. So the interviewer asked why he chose Slovenia and why he chose Yugoslavia as the location of the accident and the autopsy and who came up with the names of the people involved in the story that I read earlier in the episode. So he says that his son-in-law traveled a lot and saw a lot of countries, but he chose Yugoslavia as a place for the UFO accident because it represents something strange and intangible. The names were also created by the real names of the people involved, like the guy's real name is Andrea Zoboli, but in the story that I read, his name is Andre Zobol, and he is stated to be, you know, the main coroner of the autopsy. And then the interviewer said that the story had a huge impact here and was a successful experiment. So I assume that the interviewer is, yeah, Croatian or at least from another former Yugoslav country. He also stated that the data cannot be verified on how much, you know, people were reached with the story and how it spread, because from the start, it was obviously an anonymous article on the internet but however a a certain parts of the paranormal community even today discuss this and this is actually true i went on a forum from my hometown people actually discuss this on the forum i saw that it is discussed on unexplained mysteries forum so people have been discussing this ever since it has been published and it is still on ufo casebook and other sites still being promoted as a real thing and andrea finished the interview by saying that he is proud of himself and that this was such a success. Now you cannot find a lot more info on this other than the official website of PSYCAP, this skeptical society in Italy. And I will link this in the episode description because the article has a photograph of the head of this fake alien. It also states that there are at least two UFO sites, UFO casebook and perspectives that have dedicated with two photographs taken for Zobali's film and that the sites tell them how somebody sent them these images stating an imaginative story of a UFO crash and it states this is a quote from the article at this point the suspicion arises that there is someone who wants to exploit the video of Zobali and associates to make a joke to the most gullible ufologists a joke however in which PSYCAP does not participate 
So it seems that PSYCAP, the skeptical organization, only created the competition to have people send in, you know, fake uh, videos, fake photos of paranormal phenomena, but they were not attempting to use it. And this was like in 99, but this, this story surfaced on the internet in 2005. So either somebody from PSYCAP went rogue and leaked this to UFO sites, or Andre Zoboli leaked it. Though based on the interview conducted with him, it would seem that he was the one who essentially revived his video and created a fake story and just provided it to, you know, ufology websites. There is no definitive trace of all this. I cannot say anything for sure, but this is, you know, a pretty good troll and I approve of it. Yeah. Yeah, paranormal fans, you can unsubscribe from my show if you don't like that. But I've always stated that hoaxers are a very valuable and important asset to the paranormal community because they spread stories, they are storytellers, they are myth makers, they instigate paranormal phenomena, they keep us wondering. Though they send us on wild goose chases, they at least keep these stories alive. So if there's anything we've learned from today's episode, it is that Europeans are much better at creating fake alien autopsies than Americans, though Ray Santilli was European? Isn't he an English video producer? Well, looks like Americans just know how to borrow alien autopsy footage from Europeans and then sell it. Because you need to sell some bullshit. So there it is, guys. Another episode done. Another one on a hoax. (laughs) I... I really like covering these dubious things that nobody ever talks about. Have you ever heard of this case? No, but it's interesting. And I want to imprint it, you know, at least this way before all these forums and websites go down because nobody really is interested in them. And, you know, who's going to pay hosting space for UFO case book? It's a miracle that thing is still up. Oh. Man, I hope they don't come after me. (laughs) So yeah, if you're interested in digging more into this, just go look at the episode description. I'll have all the links. I'll have the link to the video that I sent Landon. It's not the full video of the alien autopsy, but it is what we have because the original video was taken off of YouTube because Google likes to censor UFO and alien nonsense because of misinformation. Only in this case, it was justified because this is a hoax. Ah. We should just keep talking about these things, like even if they are hoaxes, because we are keeping these things alive. They're taking us down off the internet. You can't search for these things on Google anymore. You need to use DuckDuckGo, and even that is becoming pretty censored. Just please, guys, stop making episodes about Roswell and Tic Tacs and stuff like that. Go seek out these very obscure cases that nobody ever heard of and document them and put something out there. Make history. Just sell some bullshit.